0: Well, good morning. Happy Fall Back Sunday. Come on, how many got a little bit of uh, extra sleep this morning? How how many of you needed that extra sleep? Come on, just raise your hand. You're like, dude, I needed that. I know all those who were at youth convention, all the youth leaders are like, dude, I needed that extra hour. Pastor Casey uh, last night came by the house and was uh, dropping the boys off and basically he was like, listen, I got to get home. I had one hour of sleep the night before. And uh, so I know that our youth leaders had just an amazing time with our young people. They went to youth convention and God did some great things. I was talking with one of the young ladies. Uh, I said, Hey, what, what cool things did God do in your life? She's like, I was, I literally like uh, was slain in the spirit. She said, I was uh, up there and. And I was like, well, I don't know if you were slain because you're still alive right now. And she's like, well, I just, I was overcome with the power of God. And she's like, it was awesome. She said, my friend looked at me and said, hey, I think you should come in the back because I think God wants to do something in your life. And she's like, okay. And she said, then all of a sudden she touched me. And the minute she touched me, she's like, I was out. And I was just (laughs) laying there on the ground. She's like, it was was just unbelievable. And just God just did some great things in our young people's lives. And uh, I love hearing that. I love hearing what God is doing. Um, because I believe God is up to something. Come on, anyone in the house believe that God's doing something? And um, it's happening as we continue to pray, as we continue to seek God's face. And I hope that you're praying for our young people. This weekend, Kasha and I were praying for our, our boys and, and, and for the rest of the students that were there. Because we know that one encounter with Jesus can change everything. One encounter with Jesus can change everything. I know that some of you may be sitting in here today and you may be wondering, like, man, you know, I don't even know what this whole Jesus thing is like. Can I just encourage you with something? And that is this, is that Jesus has your number. And what I mean by that is he knows everything about you, every detail about you. And here's what's great, is even in knowing all of that, even the deep, dark, crazy things that you wish no one ever would know, he still loves you. Still has a plan for you he still has a purpose for your life. And when I think about that I I think about what God is doing in and through through not only our church but around uh, the country I've watched God do amazing things around the country. This past year, I had the privilege of coaching 15 pastors from around uh, the country, and and got to pour into their lives. And got to hear of the stories of life change, and and I still hear them, and I still get group texts on Sunday mornings. And guys say, "Hey, we're praying for each other, believing for God to do great things." One of the guys, he's, he's a pastor. His name is Pastor Peter, and and uh, he uh, sent this text in today. He said, "You know, we have 19 people today who are being baptized." And he said, man, I'm just believing for God to do something inside of our church through those 19 people who are going public for Jesus. Can I I just say God is on the move, not just here, but around the country, that God is moving and working. Come on, let's give him a big shot of praise right now or something. Give him a clap or something. A few weeks back, Kasha and I had the privilege of going to a conference down in Florida, and I was actually speaking at that conference. I did a session, and then... I uh, also was connecting with the pastors that I coach and and uh, it's interesting when you think about a conference because what will happen is people will come in and they'll say they'll say to you they'll say oh pastor you're going to a conference I'll say yes and, and they're like man just go and pour yourself out they're excited about it they're excited for me to be able to do that and they'll say go be inspired be refreshed all those different things right they're all for it but this is something I've noticed since living in Michigan when someone asked me the question though Pastor Brian, where is the conference? And I say, the conference is in Florida. People go, oh, vacation, huh? (laughs) Oh, Pastor Brian, you're just, you're gonna be gone again, down to Florida. And there's like this jealousy that rises up in people's spirits. I don't know what it is with us in Michigan. I think it's because half the time, what happens is is half of um, of, of our population goes down to Florida. When when really when things get really good up here in Michigan, when there's snow hitting the ground and all our snowbirds leave, and and I was thinking about all those things because one of the things I realized is this is that so many times in life I think that we have an economy mindset when it comes to the things of the Lord versus a first class mindset. Here's why I, why I think that. Um, Kasha and I were flying down and we normally fly uh, Delta and on Delta I have a little bit of status, not much, but a little bit, I, I, I'm a silver member and uh, so I get, a little, I get a little bit of upgrades because normally what that means is when, when I hop on a flight, one, I know where my seat is, normally I'm getting some type of upgrade, um, if it's to comfort or different things and what's nice is when Kasha's with me, she gets some of those same same upgrades and things and, and so normally I, I'll, I'll get some type of upgrade but every now and then every every balloon doesn't, doesn't happen very often but every now and then I'll get upgraded into first class and can I just say first class is where it's at I'm just saying it is amazing like you'll get into first class here's here's what happens at first class you, you literally walk in and then if you're wearing a jacket like I'm wearing right now the lady would say or the, or the guy would say to me hey can I take your jacket Oh, that'd be great. They put it on a hanger and actually put it in a thing. You know, when you're back in economy, you know what they say? Shove that jacket into a ball, throw it up in the overhead space, put it underneath the seat in front of you, right? Like it's something. You're, but but in, not in first class. In first class, they'll look at you and they'll say things like this. They'll be like, can I get you something to drink before we take off? And you're like... Why yes, I would love something to drink. And they, they bring these over something. Normally I'll be like, Oh I'll just I'll take some water. Oh, okay, no problem, sir. They'll give me the water and things like that. They'll they'll hand you a heavenly blanket. Uh, in first class on Delta, and it, it's literally called Heavenly Blanket. It's like this this blanket. And they'll they'll give you this thing. And it's really it's actually soft. They'll give you a pillow if you need one. You, you're in these big huge seats. They got a big huge like TV in front of you. I mean, everything you need is there. There's there's a stewardess or or steward, I guess, who's. Um, taking care of you, they're trying to meet all your needs. They're looking and they'll say things like this, do you have any allergies because on this meal or on this flight we're going to give you a meal and you're like, oh no, I don't have any allergies. They're like, okay, well today we'll be serving such and such and such and such. They have gourmet snacks. I mean, like you get treated really well in first class. Now in economy, it's just not the same. So Kasha and I this time decided that we were going to fly southwest. We wanted the flexibility because on southwest you can change your ticket and there's no change fee. I've never flown southwest before. I'll never fly southwest again. Um, <laughs> because it was just not a good experience. See, on southwest, everyone's economy. In fact, on southwest, you have no seat assignment. So Kasha, she flies down one day early, says, Brian, it's a little weird on Southwest, there's no seat assignment, all these different things, and she's like, it's just weird. So I'm thinking, oh, she's just over-exaggerating a little bit, honestly. So then we're flying out, and uh, when we go to fly out, the flight is delayed two and a half hours. I know that stuff happens to every airline, but it happened to happen to us on this one. And there's different boarding groups that are on there, A, B, and C. Listen, if you are ever in C on Southwest, You are screwed. I know you're not supposed to say that from the pulpit. You are hosed. Sorry, that's the wrong word. My mom would be washing my mouth out with soap right now. But I mean, like, it's just not good. In fact, I get into the line and uh, you you have to line up by, you know, uh, class. And uh, so all the people who are A and they paid a little bit extra to get onto the flight earlier, I understand why. And then the B people, uh, maybe at least get a seat. If, uh, seriously, if you're in C, and th- there's another guy who's in C. He's flown Southwest before, and he's like, he just is kind of laughing in between all of his cuss words because he was so upset that he was in the C category because he's like, dude, you're not going to, he, he's looking at me, and he's just kind of laughing because he's like, you're a big guy, <laughs> and you're probably going to get hosed. You're probably going to have to sit between two other big guys. And when three big guys are in a middle seat like in there, it's just not good. The plane just starts kind of pulling over that way, you know. It's just, it's just not good. But here's what happens on Southwest. When you walk down the aisle, I'm not joking, everybody is sizing you up. Everyone's looking at you like, oh, please do not sit here. Oh, please do not let that big guy. You can let the little girl sit by me. Yeah, the little, the little short girl, yeah, she can sit by me. She's pretty. She can sit by me, but no one wants the big wide-shouldered guy to sit by them. Why? Because I'm a big guy. So I sit, I, I find the seat finally. I can't sit by my wife. I mean, we paid for tickets together but we can't sit together because we're in the C category. So she's way back here in the back of the plane. I'm just a few seats up. She could have sat next to us but there was a lady who put her purse on, t- on the seat and when Kasha said, oh, is someone sitting here? The woman said to her, oh yeah, she just must have went to the bathroom. Totally lied to Kasha totally lied to her, and and I'm sitting just a few seats behind her, and literally all the flight, I just wanted to get up and be like, liar! You're a liar! You know where liars go? They go to hell! You're going to hell, lady! Like, I was just, I'm serious, I was so angry inside. I I was. And then I'm sitting next to the skinny lady. She's an older skinny lady. She's sitting right next to me, and I'm thinking, yes, at least I got a skinny older lady sitting next to me. Fantastic. Seriously, I was excited about it. Because there were some other people that I actually went by, and I was like, I do not want to sit by that person. And and so, literally, I get in, I sit down. This lady does not understand airline etiquette. There's a spot underneath my seat. That's where my feet go. Not her feet. (laughs) And she's sitting next to me. She takes up both arms of the the thing. She's like pouring she can't pour over. I pour over the seat. She does not pour over the seat. And she's over there. Her feet, she's literally putting her feet underneath my spot where my feet go. And this is what I thought. I do not want to fly economy on Southwest. I was stressed out. Didn't have a seat this to, to spare, Just all these different things that were going in. And you may say, Pastor Brian, that's a great story. But here's, here's what the Lord spoke to me. And this is, this is where, like, this word, and he always speaks to me in word pictures. It's just so I think I can get it. So hopefully you'll get what I think I got here in this moment from the Lord. And the Lord said this. He said, Brian, so many of us have an economy mindset when it comes to our lives in prayer when I want them to have a first class experience. So here, here's what I mean by that. When we, ha- when we spend time in prayer, we are no longer staying in economy, we're stepping up into first class. Because see, in first class, what you're doing is you're allowing them to take care of you. You're not second guessing whether they're gonna, ta- I, I never have sat in first class and thought, oh, I wonder if they're gonna take care of me today. I literally sat down and was like, bring it on. <laughs> now you may say, Pastor Brian, Are you really all about the comfort? Is it just all about like, just about like comfort and and, and satisfaction and just like great living and all that? And the answer is yes. (laughs) Don't you like first class? Listen, if you could fly first class every time, wouldn't you wanna fly first class? I know I would. There's, you don't have to sit, I, I, don't, I don't have to sit there and second guess. Do not put me on a Southwest flight. It is too stressful. I, I don't wanna be in a plane where I don't know where my seat is. I don't wanna be in a plane where there's no upgrades. Literally, when they're bringing the pretzels through, and I'm not joking, these two ladies, one stewardess is here and one's over here, they're bringing pretzels through the, their bags and they literally are carrying it and they are like throwing them at customers. Like, you need pretzels? I literally looked up. She's like, do you need pretzels? And I look up, and I'm like, uh, boom, pretzels. (laughs) It was like they are right there in my lap. I am not, I am not lying. And they just, they just buzz down through there and do all that. And I'm just thinking in my mind, this is not the experience. And here's what, this is what the Lord was really speaking to my heart. Is that when we spend time in prayer, when we spend time communicating with the Father, we are automatically choosing to sit in first class. But so many of us think, oh, we're not worthy of first class. We should have economy. So the only time that we think that we should really get taken care of is when there's some dire need. And then we're like, we push our call button and finally the stewardess comes over. Versus in first class, it's like, she's right there. He's right there. And you're like, uh, hey, I, I need a refill. on Oh, okay, no problem. Let me get that for you. Now I'm not saying that God works like that where he's just like he's trying to take care of every need. I'm just saying I think that God wants us to experience a first class experience versus an economy experience. God wants you and I to experience this idea of what it means to really experience the goodness of who God is. In fact, I want you to look at your neighbor right now and say God is good look at the person on the other side of them and say seriously god is good <laughs> see what what if what if life could be traveled through first class what if what if for you by just staying in communication with the father you could know where you are you could know like your assignment what what if what if by by actually communicating with the Lord, what if you could actually know you're, not only are you a son or a daughter, but you could actually know like what direction you're supposed to be going in life. What if, what if, what if by being in personal relationship with the Father and talking with him on a regular basis, what if he was actually able to meet the needs in your life because you were, were listening? Because you were actually taking time to say, God, what is it today that you're wanting to speak to me? And this word picture really hit me because all of a sudden I realized that so many times in my own life, I've settled for economy when the Lord has called me into first class. When he said, Brian, if you'll just maintain your prayer life, if you'll just be in communication with me, I'm going to take care of you. I- I'm going to take care of the needs that you have in your life. Brian, I- I'm, I've got blessings that you know not of. Brian, like, I'm going to go with you throughout the season. Because here's what you've got to understand. When you get on a plane, you're still both going to the same destination. And this is what the Lord said, Brian, li- listen, there's still, if you're a Christian, you're a believer, you're a follower of Jesus, guess what, whether you pray or not, you're getting to heaven. The question is, is how will you get there? What's the journey going to be like? Because those who have an active prayer life are putting themselves in first class. Those who choose not to pray are putting themselves in economy. You're still going to make it to heaven. It's just the experience of how you get there is going to be completely different. You see, Jesus inspires us through his teaching. In fact, with his disciples, he gathers them all around. He's teaching others around him, and he's like, listen, you guys need to understand something when it comes to this idea of prayer. And I believe the same way that he was challenging them, he's challenging us today. You see, Jesus wants to inspire us. Jesus wants to pull out of us, he wants to influence us, he wants to spur us on, he wants to infuse us, he wants to draw forth, he wants to bring out. Jesus wants to inspire you and I to pray. In fact, look at your neighbor and say this, say, Jesus wants to inspire you. Because he does. And I believe he wants to inspire you to be a man or woman of prayer. Just by the example of Jesus' life, he showed us how to pray. He prayed privately, he prayed communally, he prayed relationally, he prayed confidently, he prayed co- uh, cooperatively, practically, specifically, graciously. He prayed submissively. Think about that. I mean, he's God and he's praying submissively, he's saying, Not my will, but your will be done when he's talking to the Father. He prayed purposefully. He prayed worshipfully, gratefully, biblically, persistently, boldly. When Jesus prayed, he was communicating with the Father. He was putting himself in a first-class experience. And his life not only inspires us but challenges us to be people, men and women, of prayer. Early in the morning he would rise. He often withdrew. He'd go to mountainsides just to spend time in prayer. He found himself in moments of prayer asking the Father and modeling for you and I what it means to have a first-class experience versus an economy. One of the most famous passages of Scripture, um, in fact, when you look at the Lord's Prayer, what is known as the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, um, what, we, what you would see in this passage of Scripture here is you would see um, the Lord's Prayer that is a prayer that is, is actually used cross-denomination, There's, in the Christian church, quote unquote, there's not, I, I can't think of one Christian church that does not agree with this passage of scripture, the Lord's Prayer. And when Jesus starts it off, he says this, he says, when you pray. It's interesting because Jesus is teaching his disciples, he's saying listen, when you do this very thing that is common, this thing that should be a part of your everyday life, when you pray, not if you pray, if you decide to pray, he's just like when you pray. And as followers of Jesus, you and I should be people who should be praying all the time. We should be talking to the Lord on a regular basis. But I think what happens is is we get confused with what prayer really is for. Sometimes we think that prayer is to show how spiritual we are and that's what Jesus was really addressing in this first part. He says, when you pray, and then he prefaces it. He says, you must not be like the hypocrites. He's like, don't be be like the hypocrites. Don't be like those who are out there praying because what they love to do is they love to stand and pray in the synagogue. So in the religious institutions, they love to stand on the street corners in these different moments so that they may be seen by others. Jesus is saying, listen, it, it's not about what other people think around you. It's not about, oh, wow, that person prays so awesome. Oh, man, look at that person's prayer time. Look, look at how they pray. And we see people across social media all the time showing everyone, man, look how much I pray, all these different things. I mean, that's, that's great, but may, may us not. Doing it be so that others may see it, but actually may it be because we just want to talk with the Lord. And what Jesus is dressing is he's saying, he says, listen, you, you've seen those people who do it. He says, truly I tell you, they have their reward. Like, they, they've received their reward. They get the applause of man. Great job. You're, you're the best prayer I know. But see, it's never been about getting the applause of man. It's always been about the audience of one. He goes on to say this, it says, "But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret." Think about that for a minute. He's saying, "Listen, don't, don't, don't worry about what other people are around you don't. Don't worry about impressing others. No, just, just go into your room, just shut the door and pray to your father who's in secret. He goes on to say, for your father, who sees in secret, will actually reward you. He's like, listen, it's not about what other people around you say, it's really about the Father rewarding you. Stop worrying about trying to get it right for others. Stop Worrying about this need to impress others. I know people who say, "Man, I I could never pray in front of somebody else." And I'm like, "Why?" And they're like, "Cause I just I I don't know what words to say." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." So now the reason why I think a lot of times we think that is because we've heard these other people pray and we go, "Whoa, that person is a good, good, good prayer person." You ever met a good, good prayer person? You know what I mean? Like they like when they pray, you're like, "Whoa." D- was that scripture? And sometimes it is. Some of the best prayer warriors that I know are people who just know the scripture and they're just like, they're just putting the scripture in there and you're like, dude, those are the most incredible words. They're just using what God (laughs) spoke to us through his word. So you wanna be a good, good prayer person? Just memorize God's word and throw it in there. People can't argue with you when you're praying God's word. And that's what Jesus says. He says, when you pray. Then he he says, when you pray, don't empty, or don't heap on empty phrases as the Gentiles do. Okay, so now he's going the opposite way. He's saying, listen, your words matter. Your words matter. For, For they think that they will be heard because of their many words. And then what does he say? He says, do not be like them. Just don't be like them. He says, because your father knows what you need before you actually ask him. Well, that's good news, isn't it? It's almost like God is calling us into first class versus economy. It's almost like God says, hey, I, I, I've got, I, I know what you're going to need right now. I know on this journey right now what you're going to need, so don't worry, I've got everything taken care of for you. Just, Just hang out with me. Just hang out with me. We have some good friends of ours who have just always been very generous to Kasha and I in our lives. And um, there have been times where we'll go out to eat with them and I'll try to pay for the bill and afterwards they'll say, no, we have this. And uh, they'll constantly be doing that. And you know what has happened is, is I've gotten to a place now where I know that they're always taking care of us, but I don't ever want to take that for granted. And so there's constantly moments where I'll, I'll come back and I'll say, I, I know that you normally take care of this, but is there any way that I could, no, 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 I got this. And I think sometimes with the Lord, what we have to remember is that God is looking at you and I and he's saying, listen, I got this. I, I, I got everything taken care of for you. But may we never get to the place where we just, where we fall back and go, oh, well, God's just there to take care of all my needs. No, may we always be constantly checking back and saying, God, what are you asking of me? God, what, what, are, you, what are you asking of me in this moment right now? God, I know that, that your blessings have been upon my life. And we, Kash and I, have always experienced God's blessing. That doesn't mean that there aren't times where things get bad. But you know what normally in the times where things get a little bit rougher, it's normally when Kash and I, in some ways, have sometimes been walking in disobedience. Now, one thing I can say, we've always walked in obedience. We've always trusted God in our finances. And so we have always been blessed by God in our finances. I honestly cannot think of a time where God has not blessed us in our finances. But we've constantly, constantly lived it out. The first thing that comes out of our paycheck every time we get paid is we give right back to the Lord. You know why? Because I know that when I give back to the Lord, the Lord constantly, constantly is like, okay, Brian, I got you. I I got, I, come come in, come come on, this is first class, come on, come Brian, come enjoy this. People are like, man, you get such great deals at the store, all these different things. I'm like, it's because I just live a blessed life because I'm walking in obedience. Isn't that crazy? Walking in obedience, it just, it's not rocket science, folks. It really isn't. This isn't complicated. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So where does it start? You and I believing in Christ. When we believe in Christ and we receive Christ, he comes into our lives and he begins to change us. He begins to form in us something new and begins to say, hey, listen, this is who you are, and let me help mold and shape you into who I've called you to be. Because when we do that, what happens is, is the Father says, you're not like others. You're who I've called you to be. And so he says, when you pray, when you pray, then pray like this is what he says. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. It's this idea that Christ is with us in the midst of, this, of the circumstances, in the midst of the moments. And my question is, is are you going to get back in economy or are you going to ride in first class? Because people who are people of prayer are putting themselves in first class every time. Because you're allowing the Father to take care of the needs in your life versus saying, I'll just fend for myself in the back. I'll just just be back there. No, God's called us to this different way of living. Prayer is simply communicating and talking to the Lord. I love how King David put it. King David said it this way. He said, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. My heart responds, Lord, I am coming. If the Father is inviting us to spend time with him, King David's like, listen, if he says come and hang out with me, I'm going to come and hang out with him. And I believe God is calling us to come and hang out with him. So you may be saying, well, Pastor Brian, that's great, but how? Like, what, is, what does prayer look like in my life? And I think Jesus is modeling for us what prayer looks like, and there's five things that he models for us. The first is this, is that we praise. When we come to God in prayer, we praise him. Don't start off with your list of needs. Start off by telling him how good he is. Father, you're a good God. Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you, God, that you have done great things in my life. God, I thank you that, that you are worthy of all praise, of all honor. And you may say, Pastor Brian, it just sounds like you're just saying those things. No, no, it is what I believe in my heart. God is a good father. He has been good to me. Does that mean everything has always gone great in my life and according to the way I want it to go? No. But that's why Jesus models this when he says, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed, be your name. What he is saying in that moment is this word hallowed means to treat as holy, to revere. By praying what we're doing is we're acknowledging our need for God and our trust in Him. We're saying God I, I trust you. You are worthy of my attention of my focus. So this morning when I, my alarm went off early this morning and uh, I, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm laying there. I p- hit the stop button and I'm laying there in bed and literally I just and just said, God, you are just so good. Thank you for my extra hour of sleep. You're so good. I mean, the simplest of things, right? As I pulled off my CPAP, and I thought, Lord, if you could just heal me of that one thing. I hate being like Darth Vader every night. It's just, it's not real good for the love life. It's just. <laughs> She's like, I love you too. Kisses me on my cheek through the strap, you know, that's coming across my face. It's great. Then you got to clean that sucker every night. If you don't, it gets nasty. Anyways, I don't know. That's not even in the notes. but. But it's literally in the morning, it's saying, God, I give you my attention and my focus. God, you are worthy of all my praise. You're a good God. I, I, this morning, I was thanking him. Because sometimes praising is thanking him, right? I was thanking I was like, thank you, God, for taking my two boys to youth convention. I was like, it was wonderful. Kasha and I had the whole day to ourselves, Friday night to ourselves, Saturday to ourselves. It was just me and her. And uh, let's just say, like, when, you, when it's just the two of you, you just you, you do, do do you. You do things differently is what I was trying to say, but, but you, just, you just like hang out. And literally, we hung out and cleaned the house on Saturday, which was awesome. And honestly, like I, you may say, are you serious? Like, yes. Like, we just stayed at home, and we, we did dishes, and we did laundry, and we organized things around the house. I painted my office chair. It, it was amazing. And there was no boys there's no, there's no other distractions, and I love my boys, but I'll be honest with you, I love her more. <laughs> and that's how it's supposed to be. My boys are gonna leave me, my daughter already has. She's a traitor, she left us, moved to Florida, and uh, is going to college and everything. She's probably watching right now, you're a traitor, young lady. <laughs> you left us, you left a big hole in our heart, it's true. But one day they will, right? One day they'll leave, and guess who? It's me and her. So, like, I don't wanna one day be like, oh, my name's Brian, what's your name? She's like, oh, I'm Kasha, and I'm like, oh. Oh yeah, you're the lady that raised my kids, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, we'd rather like each other now, and so we enjoy that. So guess what, we do date night, and uh, our date night a lot of times turns into date day. We hang out together. Can I just say, if you're married in the house, invest in your marriage. Now, this isn't in my notes, but somebody needs to hear this. Listen, marriage is not something that happens by just happenstance. It's not like Disney paints it. You don't wake up every morning. Her breath looks great. Her makeup's fantastic. Her hair looks great. None of that happens. It's the opposite. It takes work. Sometimes you got to look at them and be like, go brush your teeth. Go brush your teeth. And normally that's her saying that to me. It's like, it's just those moments, right? Why? Because marriage takes work. You have to invest in it. Well, I don't want my kids to grow up without... Listen, your kids need to see you investing into your marriage. They need to see you loving her more than you love them. They need to see you pinching her butt. They need to see you smooching on her. They need to see that stuff. I'm telling you, my grandfather pinched my grandma's butt till they died. It's true. And you know what? You know what kind of impression that had on me as a young man? Is my grandfather loves my grandmother. And they would go in there and, and and even when even later in the they would they would go in there and they would make the bed together. And sometimes as a young man, they'd be in there making the bed and all of a sudden the door would shut. I don't know what was happening. <laughs> but you know what I loved seeing? I loved seeing my grandfather love my grandmother. So for whoever this is for, someone, someone in this place, I'm serious, this is not in my notes, but I feel like I'm supposed to hang here for a minute. You have got to invest into your marriage. It is worth every investment you'll ever make. And maybe, just maybe, the trouble that you're facing right now in your marriage, maybe it's because you've been neglecting it. Well, he doesn't love me. They're not doing it. Listen, love is not about doing it only because they're going to love you in return. Sometimes you love even when they don't love you back. Sometimes it's reminding them why they married you. And if all they ever see is the horrible side of you, no wonder why they don't want to be around it. So 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 says this, Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So the first thing is, is that we praise. The second thing is this, is we focus. We focus. We focus. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now here's the thing. Are you going to pray your will or God's will? See, what, what we're, Jesus is telling us in this moment, he's saying, listen, If you'll pray God's will, then He'll take care of everything. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Listen, God is asking you and I to actually look at His word and say, listen, what are the things that you could pray into your life? Now, there are four areas I think you can pray into. And I'm going to give you just the passage of Scripture. We're going to flash them up on the screen real quick. But I want you just to write down the passage of Scripture because here's what I believe you and I need to learn to do. We need to learn to pray God's will over our lives. The way that we pray God's will over our lives is by praying the scriptures over our lives. So you're, if, you're, if you're like, man, God, would you help me in, in my private world? Because a lot of us in our private world struggle with different things. Your thoughts, your desires, your motives, maybe addictions that you're struggling with. Can I just encourage you, pray God's word. So Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Pray that over your life. Pray over your life, Matthew 5, 8. Pray pray that over your life, Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Pray Psalms 51, 10 over your life. Say, God, my, my thoughts, my life. You may say, Pastor Brian, how would I do that? It's just real simple. Say, God, would you create in me a clean heart, oh God? God, would you renew a right spirit within me? God, would you, would you just begin to allow my life, my spirit to align with what you have for me? Pray Romans chapter 13 verse 14 over your life. Say, so God, would you just clothe me with your presence? God, would you help me not to gratify the desires of my flesh? I know they're gonna be there, but would you help me? Pray over your family. Not only just your private world, but pray over your family. How do you align up with, with God's um, will over your family? Begin praying his his word over your family. Proverbs chapter 20, verse seven. Pray that over your family. Malachi four, verse six. Pray this over your family. Think of the story of Zacchaeus. You may have a a family member that doesn't know the Lord. Think of the story of Zacchaeus. He was up in the sycamore tree and Jesus passes by and Jesus sees Zacchaeus and calls him out. Man, maybe you need to be praying that God would call out your family member. That they would be called into a relationship with him. Pray over your work and your school. Whether you're a student or you're someone who's out in the workforce, there are things that you could be praying over. Pray God's will. You might go, I don't know how to pray God's will over my, my workplace. Psalms chapter um, 133 verse one. Pray, pray for God's unity over your workplace. Psalms 43 verse five. Pray, pray that God would, would raise up those who are downcast, those who are disturbed. God, that you would, that you would restore them. Think about Isaiah chapter 44 verse three, that passage of scripture right there. I mean, this is something you can pray over your family, over your workplace, over, over your school. Maybe for you the next is this, it's your ministry. Each and every one of us as followers of Jesus, you're a minister. People are learning about who Christ is through your life, whether you like it or not. When you come into a relationship with Jesus, you become a follower of him. A lot of people, people, and when you look at the world around us, They're interested in what it means to follow Jesus, so just model it. Pray God's will over them. Pray Philemon chapter 1, verse 6 over their lives. Pray Psalms 96, verse 2 through 4. Pray that over them. Just begin to say, God, I'm I'm praying over our ministry and those who are around me. God, we ask that you would do this. See, the first is as we praise. The second is we focus. The next is this, is that we ask. This is where now we can say, Lord, would you meet these needs in my life? We begin to ask, give us this day our daily bread. This is a great time to ask God to meet the needs that you have in your life. And you could say something like this, God, I depend on you, you are my source, not my education, not my paycheck, not my job, not the things I have, not any other person in my life, no, no, God, you are my source. And because you're my source, I'm asking in faith, for you to meet this need in my life. James chapter four verse three says, you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you can spend it on your pleasures. What James is telling us is this, is, this, is like listen, you, you just don't have because you haven't asked. And then when you do ask, you're asking with the wrong motives. Ask with purity of heart. Ask because you know that he is your source and that God is saying listen, well, you just ask? God's not Santa Claus. And so when I think about this first class experiences versus economy, here's what I think about. You have an opportunity to ride in first class by having a prayer life with the Lord where you're coming in, you're praising Him, you're focusing in, and then you're asking. And guess what? God is up there and He's saying, listen, I want to take care of you. You're my kid. You're my son. You're my daughter. Like I have a plan and purpose for your life. And listen, that doesn't mean that along the way the ride won't get rough, Right? Whether you're in first class or economy, when when the plane starts bouncing all around and there's turbulence and everything, guess what? Everyone is experiencing the same thing. The question is just, where do you want to ride? You're still going to get there, but as sons and daughters of the king, listen, when you spend time in prayer, you're putting yourself in the first class spot every time. Just ask. The next is this, is that we forgive. We forgive. It says, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. The word debts isn't just a reference to a monetary debt. I know that's how a lot of us think of it. But the reference here is really to a spiritual debt. It's sin. See, the Bible tells us that there's a price to pay for sin. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, there, there is a there is a debt that comes with sin. This spiritual debt called sin. I'm, I'm wrapping up right now. And um, I know the timer. Someone put their timer. They're like, Pastor Brian, you need to be done. So I heard it. So I'm, I'm, I am. I'm, I'm landing the plane, okay? We're, we're getting ready to land it. Um, Psalm 68 verse 18 says, if I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. The psalmist David was, was saying to you and I, he's saying, listen, if I have, if I have this wickedness in my heart, it becomes a, a, a separation between me and the Lord. And I don't want that. Remove that from me. That's why he says, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. We need to go to the Lord for forgiveness. And when we go to the Lord for forgiveness, we say, God, would you forgive me of my sin? Would you forgive me of, of my wrong thinking? And then when we have been forgiven, then we also forgive others. Because those who have been forgiven of much should forgive much. The last one is this, is that we accept. It says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. See, we need to pray that God would help us stay away from tempting situations. See, I I know this, that many times we're naturally drawn towards things that don't actually honor God many times. I know how my flesh is sometimes. I know how my flesh begins to speak up and begins to try to to do these things, but but God is saying, listen, Brian, you are not governed by your flesh, you're governed by me. Brian, stop stop believing for an economy-type mindset. Have a first-class mindset. I got you. Brian, I got you. You're my son, Brian. Just just hang out with me. Just spend time with me. If you'll spend time with me, like I'll walk through every season you're gonna face. And the difference is is you're not gonna walk through it alone. You don't have to sit back in economy and guess and wonder what's going on. No, just just come right up into first class. Because listen, I got you. I got you. Stop wondering what your seat is. Just take your seat. You're my son, you're my daughter. But so many times we, we, we think that we're not worthy of anything. We're like, no, God, why would God even listen to me? I'm so messed up. I'm so jacked up. Like, he wouldn't listen to me. He, wouldn't, he doesn't care about me. No, no, that's a lie. He's like, you're my kid. You're my son. You're my daughter. Just climb up in my lap. I want to take care of you. I got good things for you. Yeah, the journey may get a little rocky along the way, but don't worry. I'm right here by you. Listen, this this world is just a it's just a blip. It's just it's just a it's just a it's just a snap, it's just it's just a little blimp on the, the whole horizon of eternity. And you may look at it right now and go, man, my life feels like it's just spiraling out of control. And God's sitting there going, listen, nothing is out of control when you're my son and my daughter. I got you. Psalms 40 verse 1 says this I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to hear my cry. He brought me out of the pit of destruction, out of my miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. Those words weren't just for David. Those words are for us. Because God wants to put your feet on a firm foundation today. Someone today, God wants to put your marriage on a firm foundation. It's rocky. Yeah, it's rocky. You're wondering. But listen, maybe today it just starts by you. First of all, just acknowledging him through praise, saying, God, thank you for your goodness. God, you're worthy of my praise and my focus of my attention. Where you just, where you just come to him in that and then, and then you just focus in it and you say, God, your will, not my will some of us, the reason why our marriages are falling apart, the reason why our workplaces are falling apart is because instead of doing God's will, we've been doing our will. God, I want to take care of me, because if I don't take care of me, who's going to take care of me? And God's, like, <laughs> God's like, I got you. I got everything you need. Will you just trust me? You got to focus in. And then you ask, you say, God, would you, would you help me? If you're here today and you're a married couple and you're married, just ask ask God. And then say, God, would you forgive me if there's been wrong that's been committed? Ask God to forgive you. And then forgive each other. Forgive each other. And then just accept His goodness. Accept the goodness of God. Accept that He's not going to have you walk that path anymore. Listen, you can be different. Some of you are questioning that. In fact, I, I feel like right now in my spirit, somebody... Your question. you're like, no, I've been down that path before. I don't think they can change. Can I just, can I just tell you, I've, I really feel like the Lord is saying right now to you, He's saying, listen, I am a God who can change all things. May hope rise. In fact, across this room, if you could just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment just join with me in this prayer moment. Hmm. Hmm. Father, may you just way that you do this God may you just in this moment may you move So I really feel like God wants to do something in some marriages today. It's interesting because it's not even what the message was necessarily entailed for, but I love how the Holy Spirit is like, "Hey, <laughs> um, got some situations over here. I want to I want to help these people walk through." So I just I and I don't know that I've ever done this before, and so let me just with. With eyes closed, heads bowed, real quick, I just, I want to ask this question real quick. I really believe that there's some married couples right now where you've been struggling. and But the reality of it is, is you both have to be on the same page. And the Father wants to put you on the same page today. But it's going to have to come through some surrender. There's going to have to be some things that you're going to have to let go of. Some, maybe some pains, some some unforgiveness there's some stuff that you've been hanging on to and God right now is saying listen I, I I literally have interjected into this gathering today because I have a plan and purpose for your marriage and, and I have I have some things that I want to do in and through you and, and he really wants you to see restoration take place in, the, in this marriage and I know that there are some who are in this room today and maybe your spouse isn't with you and, and, and you're struggling in this moment, right? now. I just want you just to know that the Lord sees your heart. He sees where you are and he will bring comfort to you. He loves you. He's going to walk through the season with you. But specifically, there's some couples right now. You're here together and, and God wants to meet with you right where you are. So I'm going to ask our prayer team to come up front. If our prayer team and staff would just come up front real quick. Um, Just come stand right along these altars up here. So if you're if you're if you're one of those couples, and you know it, I'm going to ask you just to grab your spouse's hand right now. First, that's first step. Just grab your spouse's hand. Come on, this is God speaking to you right now, and He's saying, "Listen, I want to restore this marriage. I want to. I want to. And I, it's not saying that the marriage is." just, you know, you know the Lord's speaking to you right now, so I'm not even going to preface anymore with it. The Lord's speaking to you, so just grab your spouse's hand right now. And then I'm going to ask you to do one huge step, and I know what I'm asking is a huge, 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 huge step, but I believe that it's a step towards victory in your marriage, and God loves you that much that he would literally bring a message on prayer to be a moment where he's like, listen, I've, been, I've heard your prayer. I've been listening to you. I, I wanna meet with you right now. I believe God has a miracle for you. I believe he has a miracle for your marriage right now. So I'm just gonna ask everyone just to keep your eyes closed because this isn't a moment with you. This isn't as a moment for you. This is a moment for some specific couples right now. If that's you today and you're like, "Man, I..." This is me, Pastor Brian. I know that. You've grabbed your spouse's hand right now. I'm going to ask for you both to stand to your feet and just to come up here and just allow one of our prayer team members to pray with you. So just, just hop up to your feet. It's okay. No one's looking around. I feel like there's another couple in here, come on. Father, I know that you have a really cool way of seeing couples right where they are, God. God, not only just couples, God, even us in our own lives, and God, I know that there are many in this room here today, God, who maybe in many ways they've chosen an economy type of living. They've thought, no, that that isn't for me, and God, I pray that today, God, you would just begin to work in each and every one of our hearts across this room, God. God, you're a faithful God who meets with us right where we are. And so, Father, I pray that in this room today, people, God, would say, man, you know what? I'm going to choose to live a first-class type of life. I'm going I'm to choose to live a life where I'm in community with the Father, where I'm spending time in prayer, where I'm spending time with Him. And so, Father, I pray across this room, God, there are, there are people, God, who in our prayer lives. God, I know even myself included, as you were really convicting my heart and speaking to me, you were saying, Brian, there have been so many times where you've chosen an economy type of living, and I've been calling you to something more, and it comes through you spending more time with me, just just talking with me, just spending that time. And so, Father, I pray, God, for each and every one of us in this room here today, God, that we would truly be individuals who'd say, okay, I just want to spend time with Jesus. I just want to spend time talking to Him. I want to spend time in prayer. I want to follow the example that Jesus has given me in my life. And so, Father, I pray that right now you would do that work, God, across this room, God, that people would just rise up, that people would rise up and say, you know what, that's me. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose a first class living. In fact, if that's you today, you'd say, you know what, I I want to live in that first class. I want to, I want to be in community with the Father. I don't know how to do it all, but I'm willing to take that first step. If that's you, I just want I'm going to ask you just to stand to your feet wherever you are across the room. I know for me I'm standing right now because I I want to choose to live a first class life with the Father. I want to spend time with him in prayer. I want to be one who doesn't just come to him asking but I want to spend time Praising Him. I want to spend time focusing on what He has, I, and then I can ask, and then I can receive forgiveness, and then I can accept it. So Father, I pray that you would help each and every one of us. God, those who are standing across this room, God, you are a God who meets with us right where we are in our seasons and in our moments, and Father, even today, God, you're meeting with each and every one of these couples who are up here. God, you're moving in their hearts and their lives, God, because prayer changes things. And these people who are up here praying with them, God, they are people who pray. There are people who just simply say, God, it's not what I have to give. It's not even the resources that I have. But, God, I'm asking that you would move. So, God, right now we ask for all those. And so if you're standing to your feet right now, I'm going to ask you to stretch your hands towards these couples who are up here. And I'm going to ask you just to begin praying. Come on, out loud, just to begin praying. God, God, may you move in these marriages, God. May you move in these times and these moments, God. God, we pray that today, God, you would restore things that have been broken. God, that today, God, you would bring life, God. God, we thank you that you are a God who moves on our behalf, God, because you love us. And so, Father, we pray for these. God, we pray for the families that are represented. We pray, God, that you would move in this place, in these times, in this season. God, we thank you for the faithfulness of who you are. God, thank you that you meet with us each and every moment, every season. God, thank you. Thank you, God, for what you're doing today. Thank you, God, for interrupting the gathering, God. Doing a work. You're a faithful God. Thank you, God, that we can hear your voice. Thank you, God, that we can hear your voice and we can listen. We can listen. So God, help us, each and every one of us, to listen, to hear your voice. God, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing. I pray for those in this room today, God, who maybe, maybe... Our our question, they're they're just processing through various circumstances in life, whatever they may be. I just pray, God, that you would just guide them and direct them. I pray, God, that your face would shine upon each and every person here, God. God, that your blessings would be upon them. God, that you would call them into just that place of, of, of just knowing that they are sons and daughters of the king, that they would know that they are your kids. They would know that you have a plan and purpose for them. And God, that they would walk that out. God, I pray that you would go with us. God, as we leave this place here today, I pray, God, that you would continue, God, to go before us. God, prepare circumstances for us, God, places to walk in confidence, knowing, God, that you are with us. And, God, that you're guiding us and directing us, God. I pray, God, that even this week, God, you would use us, God, in our workplaces, God, as we align with your will. As we pray over our families. As we pray over our private world God as we as we pray over our schools as we pray over God our the ministries you've entrusted us with God God may we be men and women who walk out your calling with confidence and boldness God it's in your name in the name that is above all other names in the name of Jesus I pray and ask these things amen amen thank you guys for being here this morning if you you don't have to rush out of the altars or anything like that. But uh, we love you guys. Thank you so much for what God uh, is you're allowing God to do in your life. Have a fantastic, awesome week. And we will see you guys next Sunday.